in parenting. I'm excited to take this journey with you as we discover together how to be better parents and in the process grow in our passion for our calling and marriage. This week we are going to share part of a message that I preached recently. We pray it will be an encouragement to you as you hear and apply it to your own life. How many of you have heard of the famous evangelist from years ago, Smith Wigglesworth? Anyone? He was a famous evangelist that had many medically recorded healings in his ministry and things of that nature. And he was known for saying this, when I wake up in the morning, I don't ask Smith how he feels. I tell Smith how he feels. And you know, that's what we all have to do in life. As Terry Foy calls it, she calls it mind over mattress. You know, that you have to, you have to tell yourself, I'm going to get up this morning and I'm, I'm going to read the word and I'm going to do what I need to do, whether I feel like it or not. And this is what a mature Christian does. When I was a young Christian, and Sean too, I can say this for both of us, the mattress usually won in the morning. But the more that we grew in the Lord, the more that our minds started ruling over our mattress. Or you could say our spirit got stronger and stronger and our spirit yielded to the Holy Spirit and started ruling over the mattress. And we started getting up and reading the Bible in the morning and having some prayer time before we would go to work and things of that nature. But we can't live our life based on our emotions. With emotions, I think of farming because I'm a farm girl. I grew up on the farm. Sean always says you can take the girl out of the farm, but you can't take the farm out of the girl. So I have some quirky little sayings that I give that came from the farm. But anyway, and probably quirky things I do that came from the farm too. But anyway, with that, you know, I think of farming when I think of ruling over emotions. Because when my father was having planting season or harvest season, he did not sleep in. Do you know what I'm saying? Is anyone farming here? There are some people with farming backgrounds. And so you don't sleep in during planting season and you don't sleep in during harvest. I remember that during planting and harvest, my dad would get up early and he would stay up late. And sometimes he would work the whole night through with no sleep and just drink coffee the whole night. And he would go 48 hours or more if one of his hired men couldn't come in and relieve him in one of the shifts. He would go that full time because he was determined to get the harvest out before the snow came or whatever it was that was going on. But he had to get that out because for a farmer, if their emotions lead them, they'll go bankrupt. Sean has had people in church say, Amy can be kind of to the point and just, I can be more considered like a male personality than a female personality sometimes because I can be so factual. That's largely because of my upbringing. Because I remember vividly my dad, when I was a teenager, he dropped a cement block on his foot during harvest. And he broke three toes totally off. Like if he had had it x-rayed, I think it was his three middle toes, broke totally sticking up in the air from the cement block landing like that. He did not go to the doctor. My mom tried to get him to go to the doctor, and she said, Don, you need to go have those reset. And he said, if I go have those reset, we will go bankrupt this year. And I am not going to do that. This harvest has to come out. And he said, I'll think about the doctor after this is all done, but I've got two weeks left. And that is the mindset. Like, I was taught as a kid, your emotions don't rule you. And my dad was in extreme pain for that, those weeks going on. But he did it because he was determined that he was not financially going to go under. And so I've seen extreme examples ruling over your emotions. 
you know, I'm not saying y'all should be to that extreme. I think that was a little extreme. I'm sure he could have found people really who could have come in and helped him. So he could have gone and had his toe set and all that kind of thing. But in that situation, I'm just saying we need to remember that there are important situations that go on in life. And I think especially of relationships. So many times in, as a couple or something, they may butt heads. And there's a time where you just have to yield You know, you may not get along. John and I, we have personalities that if you take the personality inventory, we like Gary Smalley's, how he refers to them as animals. There's a lion who's the leader. There's an otter who likes to have fun. The golden retriever who's the family-oriented person. And the beaver who's very, everything has to be according to the book. Well, I'm a lion otter and Sean is an otter lion. And so we both have lion in our top two. And Sean and I, we pray together every morning. And that is a huge, huge, huge factor in being able to get along in a relationship when you both have strong personalities. Because if we did not do that, I don't think we would have a good marriage. But because we yield to God first and have the Holy Spirit first in our relationship, he helps us that even if we don't see eye to eye on something, we both are to the place where we'll both yield back and forth. We'll pray over it and pray over it. And if it's something just that we both have different opinions on, we'll yield until we come to a resolution and we never yell at each other about things with that. And the way you do that is you rule over your emotions and you choose, okay, we're going to talk this out kindly. I think of a story that I heard years ago. And there's so much with ruling over our emotions. And I think it's important that we teach our kids to rule over their emotions. And there was a story, in fact, Sean and I had a book that this was written in, but there was an African-American man who told that when he was young, he was an older gentleman, so I think it it probably happened about 50 years ago, he said that his parents moved them to an all-white community. And he said in that all-white community, his dad, being a wise man, knew that his son was probably going to get racist comments and different things like that. His dad was a very educated man, very kind man, and, and a believer. And so the dad sat his son, and I think his son was around eight or nine, sat his son down and said, son, no, I need to explain something to you, being that we've moved to a community where all the people are white. And he said, what's that? And he said, white people have this challenge that because of the color of their skin, when they're exposed to sun, because of their light skin doesn't have the same cooling mechanism for their brain that a person with dark skin would have. And so when they're exposed to light or sunlight, their brain actually begins to overheat. And when their brain, over, this is a true story, and, and He said, when their brain begins to overheat, they get very frustrated and very confused, and they say things that don't make sense. They may and probably will. Some of them, the worse they overheat, they'll get upset at you because you have dark skin and you don't have this problem. And so he said, they will make comments about the color of your skin. When their brain starts to overheat, they may even push you or shove you because they get so confused with this and so frustrated. And he said, but son, you need to have deep compassion on them when their brains overheat and this happens. You need to show them kindness all the more. You need to show them love, be generous, be sharing, be helpful to them. And even if they're really mean and nasty, you be really kind back to them because you need to have compassion, son, because their brains just so overheat. And his son said, okay, dad. And he said, you can make it through this, son. So the son goes to school and and he starts getting racist comments and some boys coming and pushing him down and being rude. And he comes home and he said, dad, they were so mean. And the dad sat him down and he said, but son, you understand why? 
He said, I told you, their brains overheat. They can't help it, son. They can't help this. Their brains are overheating and they don't understand what's going on. And you, he said, you can do this, son. You have, you have it in you to do this. You can be compassionate. You speak more kind. I know you can make it through this. You need to have compassion and mercy on them because they, they can't help themselves in this. They don't know any better right now. The best thing you can do is just show extra kindness. So he's like, okay, dad. And that kept going on for weeks and weeks. And do you know by the end of that school year when the parents went in for conferences, the teacher actually told the mom and dad, your son has been so amazing when kids have been rude to him about the color of his skin. She said, I would say he is the most favored student in this class by the other kids because even in their rudeness and anger and meanness towards him when he initially came, he was so kind and loving back to them that they all adore him now. And do you know by the time that young man grew up and got older and by the time he found out that white people's brains don't really overheat, that they were just doing that because they didn't have a a good love walk with Jesus, by the time he found that out, he had so learned to walk in mercy and love that he just kept doing it and kind of laughed that his dad had told him that story to help him to perceive it in the right way so that he would respond in the correct way. And I just think about that story, and I think, what if we all did that in our relationships? What if we all, you know, if our spouse or our kids or our boss are acting out, what if we responded in that kind of way, in the same way that boy did, and just thought, I need to be all the more compassionate and loving and kind towards this person, because they just obviously have their love walk off with God, or something bad has happened to them, and they must have some reason that they're acting out like this, because hurting people hurt others. And so I'm just going to show them love and kindness. You know, what if we took that approach in what we do? You know, self-control is choosing to say the right thing or do the right thing when our flesh wants to do or say the wrong thing, isn't it? It's really important that we remember in life that we have to take the high road if we want promotion from God. So many times people are saying, Lord, I've prayed and prayed that I would get a different boss or that I get a different job or Lord, I I just, I'm so miserable with my spouse and the way they act or Lord, I would be happy if these kids would obey me more and I just, these kids are a constant problem to me. When God is saying, no, I'm allowing them there for the iron sharpening iron. Do you know iron sharpening iron? There's some friction in that as the sharpening takes place, right? Maybe the people around that we may be praying that God will change them, God's just sitting there saying, no, I'm allowing them to be there for sandpaper on you right now because I'm trying to smooth your rough edges. He's hearing all of our prayers about changing those around us, but maybe he's looking saying, I'll think about changing them, but first I'm waiting to see you have a heart to change. I'm waiting for you to say, Lord, change me first before I pray for anybody else to change. Lord, change me first. What do I need to do different? Thanks for being with us today. Until next week, may your relationships and your week be prolific. If you live in the Rochester, Minnesota area, we invite you to join us at High Point Church for our Sunday services at 9 or 11 a.m. We know God has a big plan for your life, and we're excited to be a part of it. We hope to see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week.